When it comes to building a bond with your little one, baby massage is a great way to do this. But did you know another great way to do this is by introducing them to water early on. In this week's episode of First Time Mum to Chat, I'm chatting with Joe Wilson. Joe is the founder of the Child Development Programme in Water, Aquasensory, and is a developmental play practitioner, aquatic tutor, and author. Joe also hosts the Aquasensory podcast, which I highly recommend listening to. Joe is passionate about what she does, and during our chat, you'll hear her share some great tips and insights, including why you need to ensure that 100% of your attention is on your little one whilst they are in the water and why multitasking mustn't occur. Tips on how to tell when your baby is ready to explore the water further. Why it is important to understand your baby's cues and behaviours so you can pick up on those subtle cues. Picking up on your baby's cues is so important and so, so much more. I'm Helen Thompson and welcome to First Time Mums Chat. I'm a childcare educator and baby massage instructor. I know that being a parent for the first time is challenging and changes your life in every way imaginable. To help ease your transition into parenthood, I aim to offer supportive, holistic approaches and insights for mums of babies aged mainly from four weeks to 10 months old. My goal is to assist you to become the most confident parent you can and smooth out the bumps along the way. This podcast is brought to you by My Baby Massage. To find out how Baby Massage can help you to increase your confidence and feel more connected with your baby, check out My Baby Massage introduction video at mybabymassage.net forward slash intro. Let's do this together. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please contact a medical practitioner if you are concerned or have any medical issues. Hi Joe, and welcome to First Time Mums Chat. I'm delighted to be chatting with you today. We have so much in common in how we help parents communicate and build the bond and trust with our little ones. So can you start by telling us about yourself and your background? Oh, thank you. First of all, Helen, it's so nice to connect. I am based in the UK. I have two family swim centres. It was a funny story, actually, how I got into swimming because I was made redundant on maternity leave and just really seeking a more meaningful role. And Mm. my baby was there teaching me because we were going baby swimming and there was such a bond together that I just felt as a parent I really really would love to give this to other parents so I call it work it's more of a passion but it came from the heart so yeah so that was it first of all being a swimming teacher running my own classes finding that the swim centers around weren't suitable for baby swimming so going out with my husband and building our own and then being a advocator of respectful gentle swimming uh, having a little bit of a following through aquasensory so everything I do is about nurture it's about touch and water so I bring through 
sensory harmony in water. Mm, I love that sensory harmony in water because that's exactly what it is. I know you also encourage play in water to make it sensory and beautiful and relaxing. So how does the play side of swimming work? So water is naturally playful. So sometimes we forget that the benefits of water and the elements of water, it being naturally multi-sensory, is so important. I mean, you can't get this from a piece of plastic. If you tapped it, it wouldn't do anything. But tap water, splash water, and it will respond. It will splash you back. How playful water can be and how immersive. So it's like a 3D world where we can really explore. We're like little spacemen bobbing up and down in water. So that's one of the things I love to say. Water is so, so playful naturally. And babies know it. They love playing in water. So what we do is we bring that through, really helping our parents connect, connect with themselves, connect with their baby, connect with the water, the natural playful parts. I'm actually a developmental play practitioner. So what I love to do with my parents is educate them not only about the benefits of water, but the benefits of how the water and play can really, really support their child's development as well. Yeah, I did nursery nursing, which you'll know about being from the UK. And play is just so important, whether it be in the water, whether it be through baby massage. It is so important to allow our children to observe play and observe what they're doing rather than telling them what to do. I think a lot of parents are not allowing their child to do what they want to do. They interrupt that play. What you're saying about swimming, they're tapping the water and they're getting a response and they're smiling and they're laughing and they're having fun. They're communicating and they're getting to know their body. They're getting to know all of I splash the water. As you say, the water will splash back at me and it's giving them those sensory cues that they may not like the water being splashed in their face, but Mm. then they may love it. I think that those are two keys that are very valuable. Yeah. Definitely, because we mustn't get away from the fact that water is a life giver, but it's also a life taker. So it's very important that we introduce our babies and young children to water at an early age and to respect water and to educate about the benefits, but also uh, to supervise, always be arms reach with your little one with water. So as you say, some children are unnatural, like almost like ducks to water and others mm-hmm. a little bit like, oh, a bit more curious or a little bit more sort of sensory sensitive and like, oh, what's this? Oh, this is different. Oh, I'm not too sure. And, and that's okay. We just introduce it in a really nice, slow, and as you say, playful way because there are so many benefits to play. It's a child's work, isn't it? How our children learn through play. Absolutely. And that point you just made there about always supervising your baby in the water, I think it also teaches them about safety as well in the water. So what would you say was the safety aspects of swimming? Yeah. So we're able on dry land to multitask and often we have divided attention. Well, in water, it's so different. Because Mm -hmm. the water demands us to have a hundred percent attention, not divided attention. 
And our babies and young children can feel that. They feel the presence so much more. We can't let go of our children. So it's very, very important, first of all, to be mindful and not to have distractions around them, to be really, really fully present for our children and to be aware of their needs. So I'm not a massive advocate of lots of buoyancy aids. I love my children to learn naturally through the water, but to understand their, not necessarily their age, but their developmental age. So it's almost like a, a window of opportunity of where they are now. So supporting them, but not over supporting them. So they really, really fully explore the water, but in our presence. So we're always there at arm reach, but we're allowing the child to explore. We are really safety aware and safety conscious. So for our little ones, we're showing them where the shallow end is, where the deep end is, where there's a ledge, how to monkey, how to climb out, how to jump in, how to turn around. Obviously for babies, they're not going to be able to climb out themselves, but we're giving them really, really basic swim steps to learn. So an example would be, this is the side, this is how you hold, and the parent is gently holding their hands over their hand, and they've got a tummy time and knee up. So when they are ready, that's it. They've had all the basic elements from the very, very start, really. So yeah, 100% attention, not divided attention. That is what I love to let my parents know. Yeah, there's an interesting point there because when I used to teach swimming, I used to have parents who were overprotective. I'm not disputing those parents who are overprotective. I think that's really important. But it's important to see what your baby wants to do and watch the cues, observe their movements to see where they're at because you may be timid. You may not want to push your baby because you're scared, but your baby may not be. It's important. I always used to say to mums, look, I know you're scared and I know you're timid, but if you're timid, you're giving that to your baby. Your baby is picking up on how you're feeling and you've got to take a big, deep breath and let go of that so your baby can move forward. What are your views on that? Have you had parents like that and how would you support them? Yeah. So first of all, I think you've made some lovely points. So what we do is we start outside the pool, really getting Mm -hmm. to know our parents and understanding their water confidence level as well, because as you know, yeah, babies learn through us and they learn and we mirror and we project. And that is just the way we all learn. We've all got mirror neurons, so they are going to be copying and learning from us. So If a parent needs a little bit more support, rather than starting in the water, we start out of the water. So we might look around and and familiarize ourselves with the pool. We might do some breathing. We might do some grounding. So when we are relaxed handling our baby, our baby will be relaxed. So rather than just jumping in and starting, we've had that really nice relaxation point. And we might start something very gently, just walking around the pool, just with our baby and just seeing what we can see, what they can see, just watching them, feeling them. And that really calms down. It co-regulates baby to parent. And you can physically see parents as well. They're quite tight. Mm, and then mm, there's I that relaxation that response. It's like, ah, and baby as well. 
So their nervous systems are in sync then. It's like, ah, so that's what I'm doing as a facilitator. I am really helping that relaxation response. And if I have some parents a little bit more on high alert, then I just know that I have to take it a little bit more gently, a little bit more slower. I have a technique which I call water dance. So I am guiding and flowing parent and baby together like a little dance in the water. So not necessarily, this is swimming, this is front swimming, this is back swimming, this is bubbles. The first point is connection, relaxation through breath and through flow as well. Mm, I like that. Yeah, I think know. that's a great way to do it. I wish I'd been mentoring when I was learning to swim through you because I never thought of that to have time out of the water with their parents and like that. That's a great tip. And another big point, I think, with swimming is the dunking side. Now, yeah. we've mentioned cues. We've mentioned all about talking to our babies and encouraging them through movement. But it's this big step of actually putting our babies under the water. It's a huge one for a baby. As we all know, babies have been in water before they were born. They were in their uterus. But when they come out into the world and you put them in the water, you've got to respect and trust that they're okay to go under. Dunking is something that I was always taught not to do, but I was also taught just to go one, two, three, right, they're ready, let's go. What are your thoughts yeah. on that dunking process and that getting them ready to actually go under the water? Because some babies may be ready before others. Yeah. So first of all, let's start with the term dunking because that tends to be a parent term and it's yeah. a common one as well. So I think there's a little bit of respect there. So I add a little bit of humor, first of all, when a parent says, well, when am I going to dunk my baby? So I say, well, babies aren't biscuits. We don't dunk. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. But it's very important to really understand your baby when they're ready. Because in actual fact, they will in fact show us. And so the cues for baby could be, they're so curious. I mean, babies are naturally curious. So this is what we do. We allow their own curiosity and their own playfulness to come through. So if we've got our chin on the water and we're blowing bubbles, even a baby as six weeks, eight weeks, if we stick our tongue out, they will copy. We talked about mirror neurons. They'll copy us. They might be very curious and want to taste the water or stick their tongue in. Wow, that's the first cues that they're starting to really relax and want to explore their world. We could hold them in a beautiful cradle hold and just allow, I love that word, allow the water to kiss their cheek. And again, we think, oh, dunk face in but hang on that moment let's take it a little bit step further let's just have their cheek in the water and allow the water to just lap so when I'm guiding parents there's lots of cues around baby readily accepting the water and bringing through some practices through baby massage and understanding the relaxation response so looking at baby skin color if they're tense if they're relaxed how they're holding their hands how they're holding their feet these are all giving us signs that baby is really fully expressing themselves and relaxed in the water and loving the water. So yeah, I love so much better than when babies literally, they just pop their phone face in, down and up. And that is the first cue that, yeah, baby is just so ready to, to want to explore 
a little bit more. So we have something called water kiss. So exactly that. We're allowing the water to kiss the face naturally. If we use any cups or any simple sprinkles, it's always, first of all, from the back of the head, not the front of the head. I don't condition babies. So we want the water to kiss the face. That's the first step. So I have a little bit of an expression. So I have a parrot language. So I say, it's water kiss, not waterfall. That's very important. So we're not just pouring water. That's not very nice. It won't be nice for us. Not going to be nice for baby. So water kiss, not waterfall. And then when they're perhaps on a mat and we know that baby's really enjoying the water, then we just allow the face to have a little dip first of all and then take it from there. So it's a very, very slow, respectful process. And baby's leading us. Baby will let us know. So that's what we're looking for. I love that because when I was training to be a baby swimming instructor, it was yeah very much you watched if their baby was blinking, if their eyes were blinking yeah. and ready. And if that happened, and we used to get a, a tiny bucket like a cup, and you yeah. poured that gently over the water, you gave them a cue of right one, two, three. Yeah. And then watching them and seeing how they were responding to it. I love what you say about the kiss because babies do respond. They do. I have a little story about that. Recently, I was watching a grandmother because we do a B&B. And there was a grandmother who was talking to her baby and the baby was only about six weeks, maybe eight weeks old. And she was telling her little baby a story about her grandfather who who was deceased. And the little baby was just watching her and babbling back and really responding, using her lips and trying to talk back to her grandmother. And it was just so beautiful to watch. I've actually done a podcast on that, the power of communication and the power of talking to your baby and watching their responses. It was just a light to see. And I think in the water, you can probably see that as well. What really got to me was just watching the baby. I wasn't watching the grandmother. I was watching the baby and you could see the connection that the baby had with her grandmother. She was just bubbling and sort of laughing and People say babies can't communicate, but that is a prime example. That to me is just what we're talking about when we're communicating with our babies. It's watching them. And and if you said sticking out their tongue, babies Mm -hmm. do everything. If you mimic them, they'll do the same. I've seen babies singing with their dad and their dad will be singing the nursery rhyme and they'll be doing it in their own way. They may not be using words, but they're making words. And understand yeah, yeah. what the dad's saying. Yeah, they almost like little conductors, aren't they? As their little bodies are singing in tune yeah. as well. Yeah, so that's why I love what you said about just taking it slowly and the singing in the water. It's just lovely. I think that is what babies love. And I think yeah. that's the essence to a really good swimming instructor. Yeah, it's respect. And think, trust um, as well. Trusting yourself, but also trusting your baby's instincts. They know what they want to do and respecting them for who they are. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I think what we've got to do is acknowledge the educators and the knowledge before us. And I really respect everybody who came before me, but there are new ways and there are different practices. And I think baby is there to let us know. So as you said, the sort of the cup pouring is is still sometimes used. But it's a conditioning method. And I think what we just need to remind ourselves that it's very much adult led. 
and a baby has to then react on an external cue and it's not self-directed. It's not coming from them. So yes, you will get a response, uh, but it's not a natural response. So what can sometimes happen with that is that whilst babies are, are accepting or we believe they're readily accepting because they're somatic, they are not just seeing, but they're feeling the whole body sensations are feeling and it's actually interpreting right down to cellular level as well. So we don't really know if the fear response, the very subtle fear response is there, but it's been over, overridden really. Then what can tend to happen is when they're two and three and they're verbal, that's when they suddenly say no. And it's like, oh, hang on a minute. It's baby. You used to love it. But that's just at that moment in time. So we can actually almost hinder the learn to swim journey if isn't on baby's terms because it's a somatic process they're feeling it they are literally interpreting right down into all of their cells their hearts so it's creating a neurological response as well and releasing of hormones these are things that we just can't see so as you say so so important to really understand baby cues and behavior and, and baby will really be telling us so sometimes subtle cues and other times big cues yeah so yes. important Something I've saw on your website, I, and I just want to share this bit, is yeah. listening to babies in water. Mm. I'm just going to read this. I, I love water and being with you. Water reminds me of my first home. Different from this big and bright where everything is new. So take it real slow. I need to know you are there. I can see it in your eyes, hear it in your soft voice. I feel your care. I just love this. It's, and it's exactly what we're talking about. Water allows me to move and feel free. I can unfold in water. Together, we can simply be. When I read that, I thought that is just so beautiful. And that, to me, is the essence of what water and sensory play is. I just read it and it really gelled with me because I was a swimming instructor myself. When I read that, it really, really gelled with me. And it brings in what we said about not forcing our baby. They're not ready just to sing with them and let them tell us what they want. I just love that. I just wanted to share that with my audience, if you don't mind, because I just thought it was so beautiful. Oh, thank you. I love expressing myself through poems and words and I was really fortunate, had a bit of a long flight and it just flowed out. So I wrote a little parent guide called Bath Babies and it's just helping parents to really reframe water in a different way, in a really respectful way and bonding way. So it's called Beautiful Bond in Water through Bath Babies. Yeah, I love to sort of gift words into the world. Words can touch us in so many different ways. Oh, definitely. So if anybody wants to find out, more about how you teach swimming and if they want to come to any of your classes in the UK because I'm assuming you don't have any online courses because swimming is not about online it's got it's very much a one-on-one group activity how do people get in touch with you yeah so I do have swim centers in the UK called Swimworks but very much my passion is online educating parents and professionals and that's called Aquasensory So what a lot of my work is now is because I do teach in a very different way, in a sensory way. I share my work through Aquasensory and there's different courses. So if anybody's interested as a swimming teacher and they they think, I actually would love to teach in a different way, 
through Sensory Harmony Water. So I have a program called Aquasensory Program. And then there's Bath Babies where I can help parents and educators become Bath Babies teachers. So it's really sharing passion and knowledge. And as I say, guiding, I don't really like the word teach in a way. I like facilitate mm-hmm. and guide. In it, I always say I don't teach or tell or I don't insist I invite. So yeah, yeah, get in touch. Uh, Aquasensory is, is there to receive for everybody. Oh, thank you. It's been lovely having you on this podcast. As I said before, when you interviewed me, it's nice that we have that connection between swing and baby massage. It's nice to be able yeah. to talk to somebody and relate these to support to first-time mums to see the yeah. value of touch. It doesn't have to be through baby yeah. massage, which is wonderful, but it can also be through swimming and sensory like you do. So thank you, Joe, for being here. I really, really enjoyed talking to you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Joe shared some great insights, and I hope you find her passion for introducing your little one to the water as moving as I did. I've included links to her website, social media, her new book, and the Aquasensory podcast in the episode show notes, which can be found at mybabymassage.net forward slash podcast forward slash one four zero. That's mybabymassage.net forward slash podcast forward slash one four zero. I share each episode on the First Time Mums Chat Instagram page, and you'll hear me chatting live with folks I've interviewed from time to time. Please support me by following me, and I look forward to meeting you during one of my lives. Next week, I'll be talking with Laura Tate, who pioneered a step-by-step program to help mums of kids newly diagnosed with celiac, gluten intolerance issues, about how she supports parents of children affected by this condition. Be sure to listen to this episode when it comes out next week, and please subscribe to First Time Mums Chat via your favourite platform, so you can get quick and easy access to all our episodes when they are live.